You are listening to How Does She Do It? Episode 39. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? A podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany and I'm your host. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you for joining us for the first time. If this is your second, third, fourth, fifth, 39th time, welcome back. It is always a pleasure to have you. If you have not already done so, please feel free to leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store. You can do so by going to the podcast app on your iPhone, searching for the, the show, How Does She Do It? And then three, a menu will come up and then you tap reviews and be able, and you'll be able to leave a review that way. If you want to follow the show on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow the show at how does underscore she do it. You can follow me at how, well, technically, yes, you can follow me at those accounts, but you can also follow my personal accounts at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs. I look forward to interacting with you there. And as always, if you have questions, topic suggestions, I'm particularly interested in resumes right now. I'm doing some research and I'm really interested to know what questions do you have around resumes and resume writing, getting your resume together for an internal position or external position that you're trying to apply to if you're a student. Send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com and I would love to hear from you and I hopefully will be able to answer your question in an email but also be able to answer it on the show. And last but not least before I get into introducing this week's episode Please feel free. I'm conducting a listener survey. If you go to bit.ly slash Tiff South survey, you'll be able to see a survey that I have created that I would like to get a little more insight into some of the things related to personal development and professional development that you all are dealing with. So if you go to bit.ly slash Tiff South survey, and that's Tiff with two Fs, then you'll be able to complete the survey and be entered to win a coaching session with me. I really appreciate your responses in advance. And with that, there's not going to be any just my thoughts in this week's episode because I thought the conversation was so rich in and of itself. We didn't need to add anything else to it. So I just want to give you a quick introduction Renee Cowan is a very longtime friend of mine. She is also a, uh, one of my line sisters. She and another one of my line sisters, who was obviously another friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Shakina Bass, we sat down and had a conversation about their experiences as mothers, as wives, as professional women. And we didn't even get to get into like, a lot of detail, but what we were able to share within this 35, 40 minute conversation, it's so rich, so much wisdom was shared by these two women who I admire both up close and from afar, just looking at them and being able to hear their insights, some of the jewels that they dropped related to balancing your intersectionality of the different parts of that uh, that make you who you are, to talking about what it means to be a mom, what it means to be a professional and your career, how different priorities shift over time, what that means for your relationships with your friends and the things that matter to you personally and professionally and how those evolve over time. 
I think one of the things that I may have mentioned this on the show, but as a woman who is single, who desires to be married, I think in the same way we approach our professional relationships and we seek out mentoring and guidance and information, I also think that single women who desire for a certain kind of relationship also have candid conversations with people who have the kinds of relationships that they admire and respect. Just because we can, we know a lot, we know about ourselves, we know about you know the partners that we have or do not have or hope to have. Have, but if you're looking to have in the same way, have a successful career and you want to have a successful marriage or a successful relationship, there is value in asking questions and there's value in getting the insight and wisdom from the people who are in the places and in the positions that you admire and respect. And so this conversation was an example of that. And just the very beginning of the kinds of conversations that I hope to have in the next, in the next coming episodes with women who are either my peers in some respects, but have, you know, for example, you know, Renee and Shakina and I are close in age, but they have leapfrogged me in as, in, in far, as far as their professional accomplishments and things like that. When I think about uh, other women who are older than I am, who have experienced life it longer than I have and who know things about experiences that I just won't be able to, to know at my age, I think that there is so much value in those conversations. So I want to be able to share those with you as we think about this practical adulting thing that we're trying to do and how to do it well. So I hope that you really enjoyed this conversation and let's get into it. So Shakina and Renee, welcome to How Does She Do It? How are you guys doing this evening? Good. Doing well. Good. Okay. So before we get into the awesomeness that is going to be our conversation, I just have to tell everyone listening that these are two of my line sisters and they are two of the most excellent human beings that I know. And um, so we went to Cornell together. We graduated um, together and they're just excellent. And if you don't know, I'm a Delta, but everyone should know that. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to just talk to you guys about, so both of you are professional women. You are also wives and you are also mothers and you both have these very high powered careers, at least in my, my view. And I think the world would probably view that the same way. And I wanted to talk a little bit about how, basically how you guys do it, how you balance all of this, you know, you're excellent being moms, you're excellent being at work, you're excellent being wives, and just what your perspective is on some various topics related to that. So before we get into that, I just want to give you guys a chance to introduce yourself a little bit and say a little bit about you guys, yourselves, before, um, for the listeners. I was going to point at you, Renee, but you beat me to it. <laughs> um, so... First off, we're both very excited to be joining you, Miss Tiffany. We're so proud of you. I'm very excited to be on your show. Thank you. My name yes. is Shakina Bass. I would say, what's my story? So I have been in, I've been a working woman for the past almost 11 years now, working in the financial industry. I have been a wife for almost nine years now and have been a mom for almost six years now with my second and now third on the way. Um, 
I don't remember how much else you would like us to introduce <laughs> us and introduce ourselves on, but that's, that's my story for the topic. That is, I mean, that's excellent. I just can't believe you just said you've been working for 11 years. I feel like I've been working for five minutes. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> well, you guys shouldn't thinking. give up the whole schooling process, so. We should, <laughs> should have these loan, these loan totals, maybe I should have given it up a long time ago. I know. I just checked mine the other day, and I was like, <laughs> So we've heard a little bit from Shakina. Uh, Renee, do you want to introduce, introduce yourself? So my name is Renee Cowan. Um, I... I'm really, shoot, sometimes I for, don't even know if I really consider myself to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a medical trainee. I guess I am a physician. I graduated from medical school, so that makes me a doctor. I then did four years of residency and, and then two years of research, and I'll be starting another four-year fellowship. So while that is, I have been getting paid for the past six years. So I guess that would make me working for six years. You still kind of in training. So you still feel that school vibe. Um, I have been married for going on three Ooh, get years. Get it right now. Get it right. <laughs> I know I had to, I had to think about that. There was like, you know, there's some stuff that kind of went on in there. So I, sure I did that math right. <laughs> But um, three about three years, and my son, my one and only so far, is 18 months. So I'm still got a while to catch up to Shakina, but you know, I'm coming for you. I'm gonna stop and pause after this one, so (laughs) no worries. (laughs) Give us time to catch up. (laughs) So I'm just listening to you guys, and I am you got the listeners can't see this, but I am beaming from ear to ear because I'm just so proud of the two of you to be able to hear how much you have grown and how much you have accomplished. And we are in our the young side of our 30s. I would like to say um, that still. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so when you think about all of those different aspects, both of you touched on your uh, your careers, you touched on your families and then your your both, I guess, your husbands as well as your, your children. What about is there a part of your identity that matters most to you or that has a kind of that kind of has a big the most influence in the way that you live day to day? I would say for me, it's definitely my role as a wife, mother, daughter. Um, my family has always been like of prime importance to me. And I think part of that is because my academia and the work side of me has come fairly simply and easy. There hasn't been a lot of struggle there. And so that was never my dream. My dream, you know, I used to grow up and watch like Lifetime movies and don't mm-hmm. let your kids watch Lifetime movies. <laughs> All sorts of like I've already failed expectations that. of life. <laughs> but like, you know, the goal was for, I always wanted to be like, I want, always wanted to be a wife and a mother and family has always been the most important thing. So my, the roles that I play within the various parts of my family are the most important to me. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. I think a lot of young women, when they're dreaming about the future, a lot of them can see like their wedding dress, where they're going to get married. 
for me, I didn't see those things. But what I did see was one day I would be someone's wife and one day I would be a mom. And having been an only child, I knew I did not want to have an only child. So I knew I would be mother, a mother of multiple people. Um, and I would say, I think for me, the biggest how I would define my life or how I sort of live my life, the things that are most important to me is one, being a wife and mom. And I think of those kind of together, although they're very, very separate and very different and require, both require their own attention. But then I think also being a black woman in both of those, um, in both of those roles is what's really important to me. And it comes out in how I think about raising my children, how I think about treating my husband and the relationship we have, but even also how I sort of interact at work and how I handle business at work, whether it's sort of my maternal instincts kicking in or even even the topics that I focus on and choose to sort of progress my career and are influenced by all of those. Can I, I definitely agree there. You guys are just so cool. I'm I'm living I'm sitting here and I'm just <laughs> like you just the things that you just both just touched on the intersectionality that we have as that and you have as women but then to add the add our race and our culture on top of that and Shakina you made a um you made a point that I want to go back to a little bit the that there's a difference between or there are different requirements or maybe expectations for being a wife as compared to there are being a mother inside of this marriage unit. And so do you, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what that kind of, um, what some of those differences might be or how you, how you think about those and or operate with that in that mindset? Yeah, I think one thing I usually advise people on that have been married or thinking about having children is that you have a strong foundation between whether you're married, you're seeing each other, whoever your partner is going to be in raising that child, like you have to have a strong foundation because there are so many curveballs that's going to be thrown at you once you introduce um, a child into it. We talk about having the right chemistry between people, whether they're going to get together and like be with each other. But relationships are like a marriage, I think, is like a chemistry set. If you mix the wrong things in there. You don't know when it's going to explode. And so you have to be very careful. Um, so just going back to the whole notion of what's the difference between just being a wife versus being a wife and a mother, I think it's really important that not only are you there for your children, but you're there for your partner as well. Mm. I think Mm -hmm. when you first have kids, you're focused on figuring out how to not let the child die. And that takes up a lot of your time. You both um, have done a very good job at that, by the way. I see them and they're very high, healthy. High five. <laughs> well done. But, you know, you still have to nourish that relationship that you had before the children came. And I think something that I try and do and Derek and I try to do is make sure we still make time for each other because it's very easy to get caught up in you know, raising the children, it's very easy to get caught up in trying to catch up at work and get ahead at work and sort of put the relationship to the side. But that will lead to bad outcomes in the end. If you're not focused on Mm -hmm. a particular area, that area tends to crumble. And that's definitely not an area of my life that I can afford to to have crumble. So I think it's just making sure you put the right amount of, give the right amount of attention to your spouse and making sure that you're continuing to think about how you're developing your relationship and how you guys are supporting each other. I know Renee and I have talked about this before too. Mm. Yeah. I think that it is definitely very 
easy for a lot of people and probably for both Shakina and I to be good mothers because mm-hmm. it's very easy. There's this, it's a baby. It's cute. It's adorable. Yeah. It's, it's, they it's, are it's really of cute. you, right? That is like <laughs> 50% your blood. And so it's come and you have all these hopes and dreams for them. So it's very easy to throw yourself into obsessing over your child and taking care of your child and making sure they have the best everything. In in that, it is also very easy then to let your relationship kind of fall to the wayside because you feel Mm -hmm. like that person will always be there or both of you are always focused on the kids and, you know, you get tired, the baby's up all night, so then you don't have any time for each other. You fall asleep on your date night or, (laughs) you know, you're you're sometimes you 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 got to give your husband his needs, too. I say that and it sounds kind of like old fashioned and um. It doesn't sound exactly how I would like it to sound, but <laughs> it is important but that's to continue. Yeah, it's the reality. And it's it's very, very important to continue to prioritize each other. And I think that that is something that we are very intentional about because I've had some examples before me where, you know, I've had um, some people that I've worked with who I remember this one woman, her son was going off to camp, I think at 13 or something like that. And she was... You know, he was gone for a week at overnight camp and it was just her and her husband. And she came back to work. And she's like, you know what? I don't think I've spoken to my husband in 13 years about (laughs) anything but this child. And she's like, I realized I sat in that bed and realized that I had ignored my husband for 12 years Mm. and that I Mm. had just made, you know, essentially kind of like made my child my God, essentially, Mm. you know. And so I, after hearing that, and she was someone who was in a position that I had aspired to be in. And so after hearing that, I, I've always been very conscious to, um, to not do that. And then, you know, I happened to be married to someone who would also make me very conscious of not doing that. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> and your your husbands are both very, very lovely men, and they're very affectionate, I will say. <laughs> they love you both very, very dearly, which is, which is beautiful to see. Um, and especially as someone who has been your, who, was, who have watched you. I mean, we've all known Derek since Derek was a 18-year-old freshman in school and used to, mm-hmm. he used to drive me crazy mm-hmm. on purpose, which is one of the things that I love so much about him still to this day. But to see <laughs> how much they care about you and that they are so deliberate about making sure that you guys are, um, they're supporting you, it seems, in your, in your professional journeys as well in, as the, in the things that are required for you to um, kind of balance your, life's at ho- your lives at home as well. So I want to go back to, uh, just take a step back to back when y'all were single, right? So where, because I, we, we, I've heard a lot of what you guys are saying is basically these like new, these evolving identities that you guys have had over time. But when you think about when you were single, is there anything that you could have imagined or envisioned for yourself that you see in yourself now back then into your, like into who you are right now? Or are you just like, do you just not see how... Did you just not anticipate the kinds of changes that you that you have made as you've matured? That's a it's a tough question for me because I can't remember being single. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was just <laughs> I was like, Shakita don't remember. Shakita has been I, with a man. That is true. Yes. Like I haven't Shakita as has been, with him forever. been single. Mm. 
since I don't know what it's like to be single. I can tell you when I was in high school, <laughs> what being single was Oops, like. Let's not go back but to But not high exactly school. the conversation we're, we're trying to get at. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I will say, having been in a relationship since being very young that I learned, it's not necessarily answering the question, but I think it's something that others that are in a similar situation might might resonate with. But we had to grow together. And a lot of times people that get together when they're very young, they can go one of two ways. They can grow apart or they can grow together. And there are definitely times where Derek and I were either growing at a different pace or thinking about a different direction. And that's, those were the instances where we had to come together to make sure, well, is this what, do we see ourselves together in the future? And what is that going to look like? And what are the compromises that we're going to make on both sides? What can we live with? What can't we live with without? Um, and so, you know, for us having been young, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the one, mm-hmm. the one thing that I've learned about relationships is that neither of you are going to be the same person that you are today, 10 years from now, or you forget, forget that 10 weeks from now. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's all about growing together and making sure that 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 growth is happening sort of at least in the same direction. It's very difficult in two very different direction, but at least in the same direction so that you're both building and building up each other as well as yourselves. I was slightly different. I was single for a very long time. So I very much remember what it was like to be single. <laughs> and I am someone who loves with like acts of service. And so I felt like I had all this love to give and it wasn't something that I could um, um, put into words, but it would be action. So I always wanted to take care of people. I cooked you dinner numerous times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted, you know, I wanted to take care of somebody, to feed somebody, to do these good things for somebody. And so I knew that I was going to be the type of person that poured myself into my husband and my children. Like I always knew that about myself. What I never would have realized from a single perspective, because you, when you spend all that time being single, you don't, I mean, life doesn't just stop. It's not like I just sat on my couch every night waiting for, you know, a man to come. Like we had, I had a very, um, a very good social life and had built these networks of friendships and these relationships that were, that I, because I enjoy giving of myself and doing things with other people that, you know, in order to give to or serve my husband, serve my child the way that I would like to, um, you have to take away from where I had been spending that time. And mm-hmm. so I d- did not anticipate the differences or changes that, that would have occurred in my other relationships. And that's not just friendships, but even like my relationship with my parents, my siblings, you know, and of course my friends, because I was like, we, I was a girl's girl, like always out <laughs> with my girls and doing things with my girls. And so to have to shift that energy and that time was very difficult for me and probably for my entire cohort of friends because I don't think that we anticipated that things would change in that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure no one, you know, you guys have known me forever. And so you all knew that I would be the one to cook and serve, you know, dish out my man's food and, mm-hmm. and you know, have dinner ready and, and, you know, be obsessed with making sure my son got to church school every weekend and learned his Bible verse. And like, you knew that I was going to be that type of mom. I knew that, but 
I don't think that I would have ever thought that I would miss important events in my friends' lives or not be able to just drop something and go and run to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. at their side when something bad happens. Like, I didn't anticipate that I wouldn't be as accessible as I had always prided myself in being. Mm. Yeah. And it it hurts, actually. Mm. You know, you feel dude, guilty if you're, if you're really it. honest, you feel like really guilty about it. Like mm-hmm. I felt guilty missing your gender reveal the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's on oh, Facebook Live. Too. You're good. <laughs> but we saw it on Facebook. It's live. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but it's like you know, you don't. I didn't. I. That's one thing that I really didn't realize. And so I think that it is important for people who are seeing as we are all going through this time in our lives at different pieces for you to realize that the friendships and relationships that you form are solid and they're real and they're on this stable Mm -hmm. foundation such that if your friend needs to go away for a second to develop this relationship or to have this child or to do whatever, she's coming back to you. Mm -hmm. Like she's coming back to you and things are going to be slightly different, but she's still your friend, the love, is still I'm still, there. the love is still there and the commitment is still there. Should anything serious ever still happen, you know, mm. yeah. she will be there. Mm. Mm-hmm. So a- along those lines, do you, are there things that you think or that you would ask of your friends who are not, um, who are not married or who, are, who do not have children to help support you in your journey as married women with children or within your careers or, um, you know, just how is there, is there a type of support that you would ask of them? I think what Renee said is so it, I feel it so much because I felt that way when I got married, but I would say even more so after having kids and we've been circulating this article, don't ask me to bring the children or I forget the exact title, but this Mm -hmm. whole notion around, you know, you're not the same person you were before you had children. You can't just up and go to the bar and bring your newborn while they're like nursing on your nipple. Like it's just not the same experience. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I would say, you know, what you're, what you look for in your friendships is one for people to Renee's point to just know that I may not be able to show up ready guns blazing with my, my Vaseline and like my hair tie back at (laughs) 1 a.m. But should something go down, I am there to bail you out the next morning mm. after I drop the kids off from school. Mm. So, like, I'm still I'm still there for you. But the extent to which I can be there will change. And so, you know, you just ask that your friends know that and understand that. But then even more so, like, have activities where you can bring your children. Mm. Like, I love a party where it's like, you know, you can bring your whole family because, one— there's yes. more of a chance that I'm going to get there. And two, I yeah. don't have to feel guilty if I have to cancel because I can't find childcare or something else comes up. Like there's always something that will come up. And so it's just nice to even have that option. Even if I decide to leave the Rugrats at home and come alone, at least I have that option. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's always <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's always nice. I understand the need for girl time. Girl time is very important. Mm-hmm. And it's you can't have the same conversations when you have the family there. Yeah. But it's always nice to have a function or a dinner or whatever where you can be like, oh, I'm going to come. Why don't you and D come, you know, mm-hmm. and whomever, like everybody come because our time, because we haven't talked about work a lot, but we work a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. And so 
you know, if you're working, even if you work from nine to five, right, which neither one of us do, mm-hmm. but, but um, we both work longer hours than that. But even if you work from nine to five, your kid wakes up at like seven, six thirty. I don't know. So that's like an hour in the morning that you have to spend time with them then. And it's spent rushing to get them together to get to wherever they need to go or whoever is coming to take care of them for the day. So you have to get all that stuff together. Then you spend all day at work. Mm. (laughs) Then you come home and you have like three hours max before bedtime. Mm. And so if you're thinking about like, this is, you know, blood of your blood is your spawn you only get to spend four (laughs) hours a day with them and (laughs) yeah four out of 20 that you only get to spend four out of 24 hours a day with them you work 40 hours a week but you only get to spend four times five is 20 you spend half that time with your kid you only you spend half the time that you whatever I don't know it's not enough time there's like weekends and stuff in there but all that to say is that when the weekends comes you want to see your kid and you want to see your husband because you have not seen them all week mm-hmm. essentially because work takes a lot of time and you want to see them and you want to spend time with them and so you do want to spend time with your girls too but then you feel bad if you like gave all this time to work and then this is the one day that you have to spend with your family and then you're like oh I'm gonna go out with my girls instead there's like this guilt that kind of comes on which Mm -hmm. is probably more so in the beginning like I'm suffer from it less now and I'm only Mm -hmm. you know I'm not even that much into it like I just left my child crying in the hallway to come (laughs) to have this conversation and I'm fine. I don't feel bad about it, but (laughs) you know, six months ago, I probably would have felt bad. I felt a little Mm -hmm. bad about it. Well, it it, it does come back when they can actually speak up, speak back to you. Like Sanaya will tell me, mommy, where do you think you go? And you just got home from work or why'd you work so late? So don't worry, mm-hmm. the guilt will come back. <laughs> the guilt trips will be brought back oh. to you. <laughs> so, so actually, along so you, and Renee, you mentioned um, not talking about work a lot, but to kind of get back to that point, how do how does work fit into all this? Because we've just we spent all this time so far just talking about just a small piece of of um, like home life. How does your career kind of fit into this picture as both of you as independently? Um, just driven and very successful women have have your career ambitions or goals kind of shifted since your families have grown or since your um, your relationships have changed or are you still like you just kind of still figuring it out? I feel like I'm still figuring <laughs> figuring <laughs> it out. I think it depending on the season or what new life occurrence is happening. There are changes to how I think about my career or how quickly I want it to advance or what new opportunities I want to take advantage of. Like right now, I'm not raising my hand to go and work in Hong Kong. One, because I can't bring my family there. So I have school and two, like (laughs) in a couple of weeks, I won't be able to get on the plane. So, you know, putting those minor details aside, like there right now, my focus really is on one demonstrating to my team, the value that I add before I peace out for the summer. Um, and secondly, focused on making sure that I have a healthy pregnancy and prioritizing my health, my fitness to make sure that what I'm developing inside of me is going to be the best that it can be. And so, you know, my career is still very important to me, but right now my number one priority is the baby. And likewise, there have been times since Sanaya and since little Derek, where 
you know, I was very focused on being appointed to a major project at work and making sure that I was putting in, not that I need to put in the FaceTime, but I'm putting in the hours and putting in the effort that was, that was required to be successful at whatever that was, or be identified and selected for whatever that was. And that was fine Mm -hmm. because at the time that, that was where my priority was. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people say you can't have it all, but I disagree. You can have it all, Mm -hmm. maybe not at the same exact time. You have to have some give and take, um, and just sort of bringing in, the, the relationship with your husband, there are some days where I'm like, I was the best wife. I gave Derek everything and anything he could have asked for and more. And it's like, well, but, you know, Sadia didn't brush her teeth, but that's okay. Like her teeth didn't fell out. She'll survive. <laughs> small victories. Or, you know, <laughs> small victories. Yes. Um, or like, I like knocked the ball out the park at work with this presentation that I did. But, oh, by the way, like totally forgot that I was supposed to have dinner with Derek and totally missed that. Like you, it won't, it doesn't happen where every day, all three of the aspects of my life, like line up and it's like Nirvana, but throughout the week, like I try and monitor myself, like, where did I have victories? Where did I have Mm. wins? Where did I have successes? Because it's very easy to focus on. I didn't do this. Well, I didn't do that well and feel guilty about it, but you, but you got to you really have to celebrate those wins because mm-hmm. that's how you feel like you've ha- you do have the opportunity to have it all. That is the realest. Definitely. I'm sorry. I just wanted to just park on that real quick to that. You can have it all just not at the same time and that you have to celebrate your successes and your victories. That is such. First of all, talking about adulting advice and like winning at life 101, <laughs> that right there is that is absolutely brilliant. I'm sorry, Renee, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that as well. No, I mean, I was just going to co-sign what Shakina said. Like, that's always been my thought process is that, you know, we grow up teaching our girls or going for this whole independent woman thing or whatever, like, oh, you can have it all, you can have it all. But you you do need to have the follow-up sentence that says, yeah. <laughs> just not all at the same time. Or else you end up, you know, putting yourself where you're like, you're just down about mm-hmm everything, you know, because things aren't going exactly the way that you want them to all the time. I think that I, the medical um, trajectory is a little bit different, but, you know, we're still a competitive group of people and our, um, our steps are lined up a little bit differently. However, you end up, sometimes I look back and think about the fact that I could have been attending by now. I could have been making six figures by now. I could have been doing these other things if I had I not chosen this more competitive field and subspecialty. And sometimes I feel resentment about that Mm -hmm. because, you know, I can't afford the best daycare for my child's yet because we're still, you know, struggling to make ends meet because I'm still in training because I've decided that I want to do this more subspecialized thing. And so that can be an additional stress. And then you do, you feel a little bit resentful. You're like, why, why am I doing this? Why did I decide Mm -hmm. to do this? But then there are those days when you meet that patient, they look into your eyes and you're like, I want you to be my doctor. Like you took the best care of me, blah, blah. blah. And you're like, Oh yeah, God put me here for a reason. Mm -hmm. That's why. Or, you know, (laughs) your son looks at you and he's like, you know, you're the best mommy ever. 
I don't know if he, mine doesn't talk, but I imagine that's what he says. <laughs> says it with his eyes. <laughs> he says it with his eyes, you know, or your husband's like, you hear him on the phone talking and he's like, yo, my wife just made this bomb, whatever I made. And you, you know, you overhear mm-hmm. him and you're like, I'm so good at everything <laughs> that I do all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it, I, it, you do have times though, where you may resist any one of those things when I didn't make it into um when I didn't match into the subspecialty fellowship of my choice the first time I was a little bit resentful towards even my husband because I was like if I hadn't met you I would have been still you know mm-hmm. single and spending all this extra time studying and doing research and would have been a better candidate mm-hmm. but then I would have been single right and, yeah. <laughs> and you may still be mm-hmm. and yeah. what does I know might have still been so <laughs> which is you know, okay not, and that was not which the goal okay. right but it, it wasn't okay. the goal it is for okay you. but it, it was not my goal mm-hmm. it was not my yeah. goal mm-hmm. And I would have been salty about it Mm. because I was a salty single girl. I was not one of those, you know, (laughs) I'm single and loving it. No, I was salty about it. And so (laughs) at least you're honest. (laughs) I'm not going to front. I'm not going to front. Like, you know, I'm not going to front. I'm going to be real. I, I'm honestly, (laughs) I I don't know how many times I can say this during this, um, this conversation, but to have known you women for the time that I have known you and to hear this wisdom that the two of you are sharing and to have been able to watch the journey and the transition is it's absolutely remarkable. And I'm going to try not to cry, (laughs) but you guys are so dope. Like you guys are so dope. And what's amazing is that there are millions of women out there who are doing amazing things every single day that that people just gloss over because it is because it's just the expectation that 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 that's just what they're doing but it's no small feat to be able to raise a family and to be successful in your career to look fabulous while you do it because both of you do (laughs) and you're like working out and doing all this stuff and I think as a single woman some, one of the things that I fear is like is not having the time to do all of the things that I do now, but at the same time looking mm-hmm. forward to being able to grow with someone in the way that you know I see women like you be able to do it. And so that is just um, it's just really, really, really awesome. Um, Your priorities change, and I think it's important mm-hmm. to say that that's okay. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it's okay that your priorities change. And if your priorities don't change, that's also okay. Like you don't have to get married and have children and be one of those people that drops everything for their husband and kids. That's, you don't have to do that. Mm. You can continue to like gun for your positions and, and Mm -hmm. run the world and be the woman in charge of the firm. And you know, that, that is okay. There are different ways to do it. And I think that being open to the fluidity that is motherhood and wifehood is very important. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, we are getting close to the end of our time here today, but so I have one question that, and I I actually think that I've decided in my mind that I want to do a part two of this conversation because I I could, I could honestly sit here and talk to you guys for another three hours. Um, but (laughs) to respect for your time, um, I want to ask you each to answer this question. If someone asked, how does Shakina or Renee do it? 
what is one value or habit you could share that gives some insight into your success? And you can pick any area of your life or all three of them if you, you want. Hmm. I, so one of my mentors has this little plaque on her desk that says, wake up, rock it, repeat. And I've always loved, loved that little saying. And it reminded me of a few months ago, or maybe it was a few years ago now, I was doing this workout video in the morning and every morning I would get up and I would look at my phone and I would dread like just pressing play and getting started. Cause once I pressed play, I was fine. <laughs> Um, and so my new model after that became just press play. So, you know, how do you go to several doctor's appointments, register your kid for school, have back-to-back meetings, coach your direct report, have a presentation with your senior leader and make it home in time to cook dinner and then get to bed and do it all over again. You wake up and you press play Mm. and you just keep going. Um, and that was not like a made up day. That was my day yesterday. Um, so <laughs> yes, it was. Every I morning. detailed all over me. That is crazy. <laughs> so literally, my thing is, you can lay there and think of all the reasons why you can be stressed out. You can think of all the reasons why you won't be able to get something done or accomplish whatever goal you're setting out to do. But if you don't press play, you won't even give yourself the opportunity to even make it across the finish line. So. Mm. I press play and I just keep going one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other until I make it to my bed again. There you go. Mm-hmm. For me, my thing is my faith, honestly. Um, what God has for me is for me. And so because of that, I try not to doubt various setbacks and try not to spend too much time figuring out how things are going to get done. And I just know that they will get done because, you know, he places certain desires in my heart for a reason. And so I try to stay connected to him at all times. And when things get hard or confusing, you know, or troublesome, then I just take a moment to make sure that I'm plugged in and connected to my source. And once I am connected, then I know that it will get done because it's not Mm. for me. I don't feel like it's actually me doing it. Mm. You know, like I'm not the one Mm -hmm. who's writing these great papers, having this, you know, great, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the one who is primarily responsible for all of these great achievements. It's like there is someone working through me that I am constantly tapped into to make sure that everything gets done. Mm. I love you guys so much. We love you. Oh my goodness. Like I I said, I couldn't, I definitely would like to have you both uh, come back on um, because this was, it felt like 10 minutes. It felt like, and I'm looking at watching (laughs) the clock and it's been almost 40 (laughs) minutes. And, um, and I just know that there's so many things to talk about. Like I want earlier, one of you mentioned uh, like the old fashioned idea of caring, of taking care of your man. And I want to like explore that in the context of this independent woman. Cause we, I mean, we came up in our twenties during the, during the independent woman conversation kind of movement so to speak and what that look what that actually (laughs) looks like and um so like I said it was absolutely a pleasure having both of you on and um I am just grateful to 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 know you and to be as close to you as I am and I love you both very dearly 
We love you. And we, we love are you. So grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you. This was great. We should do it again tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if our same time, same place. All right. All right. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it and really listening to it myself because I didn't have to say very much because there was just so much wisdom being shared between Renee and Shakina in response to some of the questions and topics that were coming up. But I want to highlight a few things. One of the things that was that was shared was the importance of knowing and reflecting on where you had victories over the course of your day. And as Shakina mentioned, doing all of these different things as a mom, as a career woman, as a wife, that even when something kind of slips through the cracks, you still have to be able to to see and look for the areas where you have success. The other thing that they both talked about, which is I've heard said in some conversation that professional women have in popular culture and and society, but you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. And that doesn't necessarily mean, I think when taken out of context, you can hear that to mean that I can't be a wife and a successful career woman at the same time, or I can't have a strong, meaningful relationship and be able to be the, you know, a great mom and have a good career at the same time and be fit and be all these kinds of things. But what they were really talking about was just on a day-to-day basis, one thing might be flying, you know, through the clouds and be as excellent as it can be. And something else has just, you know, fallen by the wayside. And that that's okay. And I think that as women and as black women, we often take the burden of trying to be everything and all things to everybody at the same time that sometimes comes at the cost of our own health and our own um, you know, self-care. But when you try to focus on your victories, when you try to recognize that you can have all the things that you want, but just recognize that you're not going to be perfect in, at everything at the same time, I think that takes some of the pressure off in some ways. I think it did that for, at, at, for me at least. And then the other thing that Renee highlighted was the there are different ways of doing it right, that you can do things the way that you want to do things in the way that they matter to you. You don't have to adopt somebody else's standards for what your career success should look like or what somebody else's standards for what your relationship should look like or what your your mothering should look like. You can define what that looks like for yourself. And when you hear the, the, very end of the things when I asked them, how does Shakina do it? And how does Renee do it? Shakina said that she just presses play. She just gets up. She just presses play. And she shared that the note about, uh, that she saw in her boss's office to wake up rocket and repeat and how she adopted that and adapted that and a version of that for herself. And Renee talked about, the her holding close to the fact or to the belief that what God has for her is for her. And I think when we take those two things, knowing that God has something for us and that it requires us to walk and just just press play and take our steps day to day to get that thing that he has for us, then we really can't lose. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Does She Do It? If you have not had an opportunity to leave a five-star rating in, in review in the iTunes store, please feel free to do so. I'm trying to get to 100 by my birthday. My birthday is coming up in a few weeks, so help me get there. 
If you have a topic, question, or suggestion related to resumes, remember, I'm, I'm trying to, trying something different. If you have questions about resumes specifically, send me an email, Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And if you have not had a chance to take the listener survey, please visit bit.ly slash South. All of this will be slash South survey, rather. All of this will be in the show notes for this week's episode, which you can access just by looking in the app that you use to listen to the podcast, or you can go to HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com and visit the show notes there. It is a pleasure, as always, doing this with you. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.